Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. It's not by random coincidence that God saved you in this time. God has saved you for such a time as this. With that being said, listener discretion is advised because we're going into some of the most intense moments of the tribulation tonight. So if you have children, I don't know, might be appropriate, might not. Just feel free to just be cautioned because we're going to be sharing some intense stuff in the tribulation. And what we're talking about tonight, I know it's, some of it's going to sound crazy, and it absolutely is. It's going to sound like something right out of a movie, right out of a fictional movie. But I want to assure you that nothing is fiction tonight, that everything that is written in the book of Revelation will 100% happen. We're not guessing. We're not saying maybe we need to understand this is going to happen. It might be hard for your mind to wrap its your, your head to wrap around some of these concepts and principles, but understand it's going to happen. I think one of the craziest things that's going to happen in the tribulation is the stubbornness. As I'm studying and reading this, I'm realizing that people are going to be extremely stubborn that I told you guys last week they're going to call into the mountains and the rocks and say fall on us so that we can escape the wrath of the lamb so instead of calling on Jesus in the midst of the wrath of God being poured out on the earth they're calling upon the mountains to crush them and fall on them and the Bible says they're going to be looking which we'll talk about tonight they're going to be looking for death and they won't be able to find it. In fact, I'm going to show you tonight, there's going to be a long period of time where no one's going to die and it will actually be impossible to die. But you need to realize that what we're talking about tonight is the tribulation period. Many people are going to get saved in the tribulation period. Angels are going to be preaching, the Bible says. There's going to be 144,000 Jewish witnesses preaching the gospel. There's going to be two witnesses, which will go on to, uh, on a later date, that are going to be preaching and doing signs and wonders. And there will be a mass revival. And one side, there's going to be a mass revival and then on the other side there's going to be the greatest persecution that anyone has ever seen in the church we are going to ask christians if you're getting saved after the rapture praise the lord i'm not going to be there but if you get saved after the rapture it's going to be you're going to be hunted as tribulation saints you're going to be hunted and murdered it's going to be the most horrific time in human history during the tribulation it will be the wrath of god being poured out on an unrepented world, an unrepented earth. So this is absolutely the wrath of God being poured out. Remember, Jesus is not gonna deal with the earth as a lamb, but he's going to be dealing with the earth as a lion. He's not gonna be playing around. He's going to be dealing with them as a lion. This is the wrath of God. And one thing as I'm reading this, as we talk about tonight, I wanna be thankful for, and I want you to recognize is the beauty of Jesus taking on the wrath of God. Because again, what we talk about is gonna be extremely heavy, violent, and partially graphic, but it just shows the true wrath of God, the true wrath of God being poured out. And the Bible says that Jesus took on the wrath of God. We're, we're starting in chapter eight, sister, that Jesus took on the wrath of God so that we don't have to receive the wrath of God. And what we'll see is the wrath of God being poured out on humanity. And I thank the Lord. And I want you just to thank the Lord even right now that Jesus Christ, the carpenter from Nazareth, fully man and fully God, took on, the Bible says, the full wrath of God, that it pleased the Father to crush the Son so that on our behalf, we can become the righteousness of God. Thank you, Lord. Because I read this, I'm going, I would not wish the tribulation on my worst enemy on what we're going to describe tonight. Again, very heavy stuff. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy, but Jesus took on that entire wrath so that I can take on the righteousness of God. This is another reason why I'm pre-tribulation because I don't believe that we're called to take on the wrath of God and the tribulation is the wrath of God being poured out on humanity. So friend, this is one thing you're gonna learn tonight. God is not someone to mess with. God is not someone to play with. I feel bad for all these celebrities and politicians who mock and blaspheme the Lord our God. And the Bible says the justice of God won't be mocked that you will reap what you sow. So in other words, there is payment for those that mock God, those that make fun of God, those that blaspheme, these politicians and these celebrities that act like God is not a big deal and we could just flip God off and we could use his name in vain. And you know, we could have men that pretend they're pregnant and men wearing dresses, all this stuff to mock God and God's creation. There's going to be wrath to pay. I know a lot of preachers are these nice, smooth preachers that never talk about the wrath of God, that never talk about the tribulation. But friend, understand 
that the wrath of God will be poured out through the book of Revelation starting in chapter 8 is where we're at I'll give some of you new I know there's a lot of new people tonight I'll give you an overview chapter 6 described the opening of the first six seals but ended up at reaching the seventh seal chapter 7 covered the sealing of the 144,000 Jewish witnesses but it didn't mention the seventh seal so in chapter 6 through 7 we still don't see the last seal but in chapter 8 we're going to learn about the final seal now let me say something about revelation it's very tempting and as i'm studying as i'm reading as i'm getting commentaries and scholars and all these people and trying to accumulate different information from different people to make sure i'm preaching something that's very very biblical I'm going to be honest and I want you to understand this as we're reading as you're studying Revelation it's tempting to try to add our own interpretation and use you know uh interpretation gymnastics to say oh this angel means this and this person means this it's very tempting to do that or this means nuclear bomb and this means missile but I want to make sure that we're not twisting the scripture to make it say something that it doesn't say so we want to make sure that we're integral to scripture so some things might seem very sim too simple or too basic but I would, I would rather err on the side of not claiming to know something than to try to make something up because it sounds good, it gives you chill bumps, or it sounds, you know, like technical or complicated or, in, or interesting. We want to make sure that we read it. If there's no other places in scripture that could interpret the text, then we understand and we move on. We don't still try to make up, you know, reasons for it. So again, the book of Revelation, lots of symbolism, lots of things that might seem hard to understand. But tonight, hopefully I'm going to make it practical and relatable to you and help you to understand. And if you watch this entire series that we're doing of Revelation, by the end of it, you will have learned about every single verse, every verse, not just every chapter, every single uh, verse in the book of Revelation. So chapter eight, verse one, if you have a Bible, follow along with me. It says, and when he opened the seventh seal, he being Jesus, there was a silence in heaven for about half an hour. So think about this, verse one, the seventh seal is open and a silence breaks out in heaven. When the seal is broken, now the scroll that we talked about previously will have been completely open. Nothing will remain, nothing will restrain the carrying out of the remaining judgments. Everything has been opened up and here we're going to see a continual outpouring of the remaining judgments now before the judgments can begin there's going to be a 30 minute about a 30 minute silence in heaven think about this the flashes of lightning the rumblings the peals of thunder that the bible says come from the throne of god are going to cease the four living creatures think about this that for a billion years have been singing holy 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 is the lord god almighty the one that was and isn't is to come they go silent for 30 minutes the 24 elders that were declaring the worthiness of the lamb of god that were singing praises to the lord are going to go silent all the heavenly hosts are going to stop singing the tribulation saints will seize their praise and there is going to be an eerie silence silence complete silence that breaks out in heaven as everyone waits in anticipation of what is coming next because the seventh seal is now broken and we know that the judgments are going to get even greater what will the people be thinking will people be given time to repent is God gonna destroy the earth something's on the horizon something very important is about to happen and all of heaven for 30 minutes remain silent on what is about to happen happen think about that 30 minutes of silence in anticipation of what's coming next now who knows who knows this is chapter 8 verse 1 timothy who knows what the lord's gonna do next only god knows now we know but we but john doesn't know and the angels don't know the seraphim don't know no one's been revealed but now we're going to see God begin to move and all of a sudden the trumpets are going to begin to blare but understand this is a lesson for us to learn tonight that just because God is silent doesn't mean God is out of control doesn't mean God is confused doesn't mean God isn't moving how many times do we think that when heaven is silent or when God seems silent we think that God you're not working on my behalf and some of you are in this chat tonight and you've been feeling like the Lord has been silent but I want to tell someone that in God's silence his plan is still unfolding that the silence is all part of heaven's divine plan 
for the end times. God's silence in your life, write this down, is all part of God's divine plan for you. He's not far off. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. He's not far off like you might think. He's not distant like you might think. He's not forgotten about you. Friend, understand that the teacher is always quiet during the test. And for some of you, the only reason why God is quiet is because you're in the middle of the greatest test you've ever been through. All the studying, all the preparation is for the test that you're going through. And the teacher's quiet because of the test. But I want to tell you that our God will not remain silent forever. Come on, Holy Ghost, help me tonight. That our God is the Lion of the tribe of Judah. He's not a silent God. He's not detached. When the prophets would say, Lord, where are you in the midst of all this? He told the prophet, I'm about to do something in your day. Look at the nations and be amazed. And I want to prophesy over you that the voice of the Lord is speaking to you. That God is breaking his silence tonight in Jesus' name. And even though it feels like heaven is silent, even though you've been praying for your addicted child even though you've been praying for your addicted nephew or relative and you say lord why haven't you delivered them lord why haven't you saved them lord why haven't you broke them out of the shackles or the chains why are you silent i want you to know just like in daniel chapter 10 when daniel was praying the angel of the lord showed up and said daniel as you've been praying i've been working on your behalf that even though you don't see me working even though you don't see me moving god is saying to you tonight that i am working in the silence it's all part of my plan and that I'm going to move on your behalf do not take God's silence as God's indifference because although heaven's quiet for 30 minutes something powerful is about to heaven happen because chapter 8 verse 2 says and I saw the seven angels so now we have seven angels who stand before God and to them were given seven trumpets so remember, the tribulation period carries many names as we talked about. The time of Jacob's trouble, the 70th, 70, 70th week of Daniel, the day of the Lord's vengeance, and the prophet Zephaniah gives it seven different names. And it's significant to notice the last one is the day of trumpet and the day of alarm in Zephaniah 1.14. So he gives the day of tribulation seven names. The last name of the seven names is the day of trumpet and day alarm. Now, Revelation 8.2, we have seven angels who are now given from God seven trumpets and these are going to declare and blow the seven trumpets and the judgments of god are going to begin to get released and guys i know the seven seals were catastrophic on the earth these are going to be incredibly worse than the last seven seals and the bowls being poured out are going to be even worse than those now out of all the angels in heaven only seven angels constantly stand in the presence of God. Now, there's much speculation on who these angels are. I actually had a list of names from the Santugent, all these type of things. And then I decided I'm not going to give them to you because we don't know. We just know there's seven angels. So again, I don't want to try to assume. I don't want to go take from other historical texts and say, this is who their names are. We know there's seven angels. We don't know if they're archangels. Many people believe they are archangels. But remember, the Bible only describes one archangel in scripture. So we don't want to jump to a conclusion. Someday, we're going to know who these seven angels angels are for now just know that these are seven angels with seven trumpets who are going to make announcements of great significance and they're each going to be handed a trumpet to get ready to blow the trumpets they're going to receive special honor from God because they're allowed to stand before the Lord and they're giving a given a unique responsibility to blow the trumpets remember that angels fulfill the destiny and the purposes of God that's the goal of angels Hebrews chapter 1 the angels are ministering spirits that are sent to minister to the heirs of salvation. So angels do the works of God. I have many other verses in my angels video teaching on YouTube, but they do the works of God. So I want you to realize that that's what all these angels you're going to see flying around heaven later, the angels you're going to see on the earth. We're going to also talk about fallen angels later, but understand that these are all out to fulfill the purposes of God and understand that God is going to judge the earth through these angels, through the trumpets, but not without a purpose. God is not ignoring what's happening in society. God is not ignoring what's going on with abortion. God is not ignoring what's happening in politics. All the corruption, all the abuse, all the taking advantage of right now in our earth, God is not ignoring. So society cannot expect God to ignore their wickedness for so long. The persecution, remember, that's going to be happening on the earth. The death of the saints on the earth. Society cannot expect God to ignore and be unoffended by the Antichrist, by the false prophet, and by the beast. God is going to pour out his wrath, and God is going to vindicate the tribulation martyrs. Remember, they said in the last chapter, 
How long are you going to be silent? Are you going to vindicate us? We've been martyred. We've been murdered for your name's sake. When will you vindicate us? And so we're going to see as the wrath of God is being poured out on an unrepented humanity, this is going to be partially the vindication of the tribulation saints. And this is going to be God judging the earth. Because remember, the justice of God is not going to be mocked. Paul said this, it's a righteous thing for God to repay those who harm his people. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 6. So it's a righteous thing. So the Lord will, the Lord will pay back his people. There's going to come a day of wrath for the earth for those that are disobedient to God. Again, we've painted this Americanized, Westernized God that doesn't judge, God that's only love. But when you read the book of Revelation, which remember is the revelation of Jesus Christ, this book unveils the plan and nature in the end times of God and the nature of Jesus Christ, we're going to see a God who judges. We're going to see a God that pours out wrath. This is the God that we serve. So don't don't think that God is just this nice, cuddly God. He does pour out wrath, but remember, he does not pour out wrath without a purpose. And in the midst of the wrath of God being poured out, many, many, many people are going to be saved. Verse three, then another angel. So now here's the eighth angel having a gold censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense that he should offer it with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar, which was before the throne. So even though the eighth angel is not identified, some experts believe it's Jesus and or just another powerful angel. So we don't know if it's Jesus or not, or just another powerful angel. We do know that he holds a special position of service before the golden altar of God. And this golden censer is similar to the one that's used in the Old Testament in the Jewish temple. So it had charcoal in it and it was burned under a layer of incense. And when the hot charcoal warmed the layer of incense, a fragrance was produced. So picture like it looks like a lamp and there's charcoal under, then there's a layer of incense. And when it got hot enough, the incense was released. So that's how it worked. Now the fragrance or aroma might be that of the spice of frankincense, which was one of the the gifts the wise men brought Jesus. Frankincense was also one of the spices burned in the Jewish temple. And this fragrance reminds God of his son who came and died for the sins of the world. So the eighth angel is gonna come with a golden censer, stand before the altar of God in heaven, and is gonna be given a massive amount of incense. And he's going to mix the incense with the prayers of the saints, the tribulation saints, and then he's gonna place the censer on the golden altar before the throne of God, and God is going to sense the aroma that comes from that. I know, again, some of this is like, how is that possible? This is spiritual, guys. This is in the. This is something where we have to stop trying to think it all logically and understand that John is actually having an out-of-body experience seeing a literal event, not just, oh, this is symbolic. No, this is a literal event John is seeing happen in heaven in verse 4. And the smoke of the incense with the prayers of the saints ascended before God from the angel's hand. So Revelation 8.3 told us the eighth angel will be given the prayers of the saints. Now we may never know what those prayers will be, but Revelation 6.10 identifies one of them as the prayer of the tribulation saints. Here's one of the prayers we know will be in there, and this is the prayer. And this is in Revelation 6.10. How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? So one of the prayers that's going to be in the incense, in the censer, is going to be, Lord, when are you going to avenge our blood? When are you going to judge the inhabitants of the earth that have killed your people, that have martyred your believers? So judgment is not God's first choice, patience is, but God's patience is going to wear thin and God's judgment cannot be held back any longer. So now God's judgment is going to fall. And the angel is going to take the censer containing the hot incense and the prayers of the saints. Those are mixed together. And he's going to wave it around, causing the smoke to drift towards the throne of God. And the almighty God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is going to smell the incense, hear the prayers, and the Lord is going to prepare an answer to the prayers that have been praying. Oh Lord, here's the prayer. Well, one of the prayers we know biblically, there may be many other prayers, but one of them is, Oh Lord, how long are you until you avenge us, avenge our blood of those that are dwelling on the earth that have killed us? And then the Lord says, I'm getting ready to answer you. Because in verse five, it says that then the angel took the censer, filled it with fire from the altar. Okay, so now he's spreading the aroma. Now he takes the censer, fills it with fire from the altar of God and throws it to the earth. And there were noises, thunderings, lightnings, 
and a, a mighty earthquake. That's in verse 5. So now he's going to throw the incense onto the earth and judgment's now breaking out on the earth. So when the incense and all the prayers of the saints have been consumed in the censer, now all the prayers have been consumed, God responds, the censer's empty, he's going to go back to the altar, he's going to fill it up with fire, and he's going to throw the censer with the fire in it down to the earth. The prayers will go up to God and the answer comes down to the earth and God is now going to avenge the death of the tribulation saints with fire fiery trials on the earth and we're going to see those trials so i want you to visual envision, envision the scene the antichrist and the false prophet have risen to power they're leading the inhabitants of the earth to worship satan well at the same time god's people are going to be hunted down like animals persecuted and killed the martyred saints are going to arrive to heaven and they're going to say lord avenge us as they're still being people martyred on earth god's going to tell them you need to wait because there's still a number that haven't been martyred but then after a brief time god will hear their prayers god will respond here's god's response an angel is going to hurl a burning censer some say a meteor but that's here nor there he's going to um, throw a burning censer down to the earth and this will be a clear statement to all of humanity that the wrath of god is being poured out on the earth following this will be thunder lightning and an earthquake and the earnest prayers of god's hurting people will finally reach him and god's response man i feel the holy ghost strong tonight is going to be sh it's not only going to shake the earth but the entire earth, we're not just talking America, is going to feel the shakings of God. And I'm, I'm just wondering, because it's about to get much worse, when are people going to realize, don't mess with God? That God is not something to mess with, that they've, they've angered the Lord God Almighty, and now it's too late to apologize because God's wrath is going to be poured out in an unmeasurable amount upon the inhabitants of the earth. Because verse 6 says, When the seven angels who had the seven trumpets, then the seven angels who had the seven trumpets prepared themselves to sound. So once the censer hit the earth, the archangels are all going to pick up and prepare the trumpets. Once the prayers of the saints are heard, the whole world is now right for the judgment of God. And God's wrath is going to be unleashed in the next set of judgments. And these are what we call the trumpet judgments. This is going to be the unleashing of the wrath of God. We've already broken the seals. Seventh seal released the seven angels. The eighth angel throws the censer down to the earth. Now the seven angels, I hope I'm explaining this good, are going to begin to blow their trumpets. Then the first angel in verse seven, the first angel and first angel sounded so the first trumpet blows hail and fire fall followed mingled with blood and they were thrown to the earth and the third of the trees were burned up and the green grass was burned up so but some bible experts say this is not a literal fulfillment of the verse however i don't have any difficulty listen to me tonight chat believing that god would do this some say it's not literal god would never do this i don't i believe it is because remember the seventh plague of egypt was rain hail mixed with fire that killed cattle herbs and trees and it was a plague directed at egypt's false god isis so god has already done this before god also rained remember hail fire and brimstone on sodom and gomorrah so there's no reason to believe that god is not going to do it again and the result of the hail the fire and the blood that's going to rain from heaven is going to be one-third of the earth one-third of the trees burned and all the green grass burned and this is going to cause an indescribable uh, destruction. It's also going to bring many people to have a lack of food, a lack of lumber. You're not going to be able to build houses. You're not going to be able to build things along with a lot of the grain is going to burn up in the fires. Because how many know if all the green grass burns up, then not only is a lot of the green grass going to be burn up, but also remember that this is going to remove a lot of the food supply. So the entire nature's balance is going to be upset. The entire food chain is going to be upset by this event. And the loss of life is going to be unimaginable. And these fires this is not just going to be like the trees burn this is going to be massive global fires where one three one third of all the trees the trillions upon trillions of trees are going to burn up in this first trumpet now imagine how the world's going to look with the trees scorched and all the green grass gone it's already going to look like an apocalyptic movie but things are going to get worse in verse verses eight through nine then the second angel sounded and something like a great mountain burning with fire was thrown into the sea and the th a third of the sea think about this chat a third of the sea became blood and a third of the living creatures in the sea died and a third of the ships were destroyed so the first trumpet signals judgment upon the earth the next trumpet signals judgment upon the sea and it reminds us of the first plague in egypt in the days of moses which remember god turned water into blood and it was directly at the going against the false god Haika. 
that killed the fish and frogs and made the water unfit for consumption. So this is another judgment we saw in the days of Moses, knowing or making us realize that God can and God will do it again on a mass scale. So I want you, but here's what I want you to pay attention to. Close attention to the wording in the verse. It doesn't say a burning mountain's thrown into the sea. Here's what John says. It's something like a burning mountain that's thrown into the sea. So some people believe this could be a nuclear missile or this could be a meteorite that's thrown from heaven, a burning meteorite. And whatever it is, doesn't matter because one third of the ocean is going to turn to blood, causing the entire ocean to look like blood. And then one third of all the sea life will be killed. And one third of all the ships are going to be immediately destroyed. Once this meteor like substance hits the water, those who depend on the ocean for jobs, for food, for defense, for cargo. I don't know if you know, but a lot of stuff is transported over the ocean. It's going to wreak havoc again on the economy and as a result of this mountain hitting the sea it's likely that everything close to the sea will probably be damaged by a great tidal wave imagine a meteor imagine the tidal wave of a massive meteor hitting the ocean and beginning to flood all these different parts of the world so this is absolute chaos things are only going to get worse as we progress through chapter 8 verses 10 through 11 then the third angel sounded and a great star fell from heaven burning like a torch and it fell on a third of the rivers and the spring and of the springs of water the name of the star is wormwood and a third of the waters became wormwood and many men died from the water because it was made bitter now some believe that this is also a meteor or some type of meteorite others say again it could be a nuclear missile everyone kind of has a different thing but just know it's a blazing object with some type of poisonous substance in it it's going to fall to the sky and the bible calls it wormwood which is a bitter herb from the bible and it will contaminate one-third of the earth's fresh water supply causing many people who drink the water the tainted water to die the bible doesn't say um it is the Bible doesn't say how exactly they're going to die, but we know that people are going to die not only from drinking the water, but people are also going to die from thirst because number one, you're not going to know what water's poison, but number two, there's going to be a lack of water because wormwood is going to come and hit the earth. So now one third of the fresh water is tainted. People are going to be unable to find drinking water. Extreme thirst is going to set in. Adults can survive around three days without waters while sick people and infants have fewer days and the days of Jeremiah God said this in Jeremiah 23 15 I will feed them with wormwood and make them drink the water of gall for from the prophets of Jerusalem profaneness has gone out into the land so the prophets of Jerusalem should have been fighting evil and giving people the pure water of the word but instead they were catering to the morally corrupt society Hence, giving people poisoned doctrine or poisoned water, and so God judged them. So what the Lord is showing us by naming this wormwood is in the same way the false prophets poisoned my church, so I now, God, in my judgment, is going to poison humanity with this meteorite substance called wormwood that's going to come to the earth and is going to poison the people. Okay, and the prophets of Jerusalem, they wouldn't come confront evil and so God judge them verse 12 that was the third angel is going to poison the waters the fourth angel sounded and a third of the sun was struck a third and a third of the moon and a third of the stars so that a third of them were darkened and third of the day did not shine and likewise the night so we have not only does the sun the moon and the stars are now going to get one third darker but now one third of the day doesn't shine so we're going to lose a one third day of sunlight so the fourth judgment is going to affect the heavenly bodies the sun the moon the stars um, and one of the reasons why scholars believe this is happening is because pagans worship these things astrologers worship these things fortune tellers worship these things witches rely on them to predict the future so think of it as the light of the sun the moon the stars being diminished by one third and we know that there's going to be fires breaking out that the smoke is going to darken the earth but how much darker is the earth going to be now that literally think about this the sun the moon and the stars one third darker and we're going to lose one third of the day so things are not only on fire the water is now poison it's it's getting infinitely worse and worse and worse as the trumpets go out winter storms are breaking out people are freezing to death because now the sun's one third less heat and one third less bright it's going to be massive calamity all throughout the earth chapter 8 th verses 13 and, and guys i know I know it's overwhelming for you. Praise the Lord. If you're a believer right now, you won't be there. And this is why we need to preach to friends and family so that they don't have to go through the tribulation. This is the worst time. The Bible says there will be no 
worst time as this in human history. This is all 100% fact. It's in the Bible. It's going to happen. We need to preach to our friends and family so they don't have to live through this. Now, if you're a believer, praise the Lord. I have, I know the end of the book, we win, and you won't have to live through this. Praise the Lord. But again, this is a catastrophic time, a devastating time. Verses 13, uh, eight, chapter 8, verse 13. And I look and I heard an angel flying through the midst of heaven saying with a loud voice, woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the remaining blast of the trumpet of the three angels who are about to sound. So now an angel's declaring three more angels are about to blow their trumpets and now three woes are coming. And this angel's flying through the through heaven saying, woe to the inhabitants of the earth. It's about to get much worse. And so these correspond with the last three trumpets. Some even call them the trumpet woes. And it's hard to imagine that things could get worse than what we've already mentioned tonight, but things are about to get a whole lot worse. So now we're gonna go to chapter nine, but let's wrap up chapter eight here. Silence fills heaven for a half hour upon the opening of the seventh seal. The aroma coming from the incense mixed with the prayers of the saints will cause a response from God. An angel will take the golden censer, fill it with fire and throw it down to the earth. The first four trumpet judgments will burn a third of the earth. Just a recap here. A third of the sea will turn to blood. All, a third of the drinking water will be polluted and a third of all the light from all the sun, the moon, the stars is going to be diminished and we're going to lose a third of the day. After the fourth trumpet have sounded, an angel is going to fly through the air proclaiming woe to the inhabitants of the earth for the last three trumpet blasts are coming and this is going to be going into chapter nine. We're going to go into the last trumpet blast here, the last judgments here. Um, again, this could be a challenging thing because we could try to look to other scripture to interpret scripture, but sometimes in Revelation, there's not other scripture a lot of people say let the text interpret the text but in a lot of these cases there's not other texts to try to interpret these texts so we have to just lean on scripture but again some of you are going to have a hard time understanding these hellish characters i'm going to show you and talk about but these things absolutely do exist they are real and it's going to happen so now we're going to read the trumpet woes chapter 9 verse 1 then the fifth angel sounded and i saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth so think about the wording here. I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth. Not falling, but fallen from heaven. He, to him was given keys to the bottomless pit. Now this is not a literal star, and this is not even a star that will fall, but look at what John says, a star that had fallen or a star that has fallen. So this is referring to Satan. He's the star that has fallen. Revelation 9-2 refers to the star as a he. The prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 14-12, how you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down from the ground. So this is Satan that we're going to see given keys to the bottomless pit. And we know that Satan's been cast down to the earth and he's given keys to the um, domain called the bottomless pit. The bottomless pit or the abyss is a place of torment where some of the worst demonic spirits are held and from where the Antichrist is going to come forth and the false prophet. Now, some people think that Jesus was referring to the bottomless pit when he says Jonah was there three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish. So will the son of man be for three nights and three days, three days and three nights in the heart of the earth in Matthew 12. Some of people think that he was in the bottomless pit and Luke chapter eight, verse 31 in the King James, the demons beg Jesus, do not send us to the abyss or do not send us to the deep. So they don't want to go there. This is where we send demons when we cast them out of people. We command them to go to the abyss. This is the bottomless pit, the deep, the Bible calls it. And this is the Bible says in Romans 10, 7, the, the place of the dead. Revelation 17 says the Antichrist is going to rise out of the abyss. Revelation 20 says the abyss is where Satan is going to be bound for a thousand years before being let out again. My theory, my thought is the abyss is the waiting place for demons. Demons. Some of the worst demons in existence live in the abyss, and this is a waiting place for judgment. Remember, the demons told Jesus, have you come to judge us before the time? And so they know they're going to be judged, and this is a waiting place for demons before they're judged. And this angel, or this star, I should say, who is Lucifer, who's the fallen morning star, he's going to be given the keys to the bottomless pit. You go, so you have to remember that. That's who they're talking about here. Ver, chapter 9, verse 2. And he opened the bottomless pit. So now Satan, who's given the keys to the bottomless pit, is now going to open the bottomless pit. The Bible says the smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So this is literally what John's seeing. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. That's in verse 2. So Satan 
descends and opens up the bottomless pit. When he does, a thick black smoke rushes out of the bottomless pit, covering the earth in darkness. The sky is black and the sun is obscured. And in a similar matter, the, the abyss is going to spew forth like a gigantic furnace, like a volcano, making it hard to breathe in the smoke. But the reason why he's opening it, because some of the most hellish demonic creatures that have, the earth has ever seen, the world has ever seen, think about this, that have been living in the bottomless pit for who knows how long. Could it be from the beginning of time? We don't know. But these hellish, demonic, unspeakable, horrific creatures that have been waiting in the bottomless pit are now going to begin to get released upon the earth. These are creatures that no horror movie could depict. These are creatures that no magazine could describe. These are creatures that your imagination will not be able to comprehend how dark, how demonic, and how cruel these creatures are. Satan himself is going to open up the pit and he's going to begin to release these creatures in verse 3. Then out of the smoke, locusts ascended upon the earth and to them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. So locusts come out of the smoke, but not locusts like you know them, not like bug locusts. These are not shorthorn grasshoppers that plague people around the world. These are demon-possessed creatures that have horrible features that are part animal and part human. So what John is seeing is not like locusts. John is saying, look, locusts are the only way I can describe them. They're these ugly, distorted, contorted creatures that look like locusts. If you look at what a locust is, they're ugly. And John is saying, I see these creatures that are like locusts, not locusts, but like locusts. These demonic creatures are now becoming to come out of the earth. And these locusts will be like scorpions, the Bible says. They're going to have stingers to stab and to poison their victims. Now, victims rarely die from a sting of a scorpion, but oftentimes a victim will turn black and blue and they'll go into convulsions when they're stung. And the pain of a scorpion is unbearable. So what could be worse than millions of demon-possessed locusts dive bombing the earth like mosquitoes? It is going to get worse. Watch this. Verse four, then they were commanded not to harm the grass of the earth or any green thing or any tree, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. Here's what I want you to realize. As intelligent as these demon-possessed locusts are, they are still going to be under God's control. And they're going to harm all of those that aren't the 144,000 Jewish evangelists. Those are going to be the only ones that are exempt from being harmed. They're going to begin to harm the inhabitants of the earth, those that have worshipped the Antichrist, those that have worshipped the beast. And remember, as terrible as these things sound, they are going to be under God's control. They're not going to have their own will. They're not going to do their own thing. Satan is on a leash, and God ultimately is in control of the power that they have. Now, these demonic locusts are commanded not to eat green, which is what locusts usually eat. But instead, people are going to be their target. And this is going to be worse than any horror movie you can imagine because these locusts are going to hunt the inhabitants of the earth and they're going to sting the inhabitants of the earth. Revelation 9 verse 5 says, and they were not given authority to kill them. So they can't kill people, but to this is what the Bible says in verse 5, but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion. And this is word for word the Bible when it strikes a man. So these locusts are not going to kill. They're going to do something much worse than death. They're going to torture for five months. Friend, think about this. Five months. These are going to be the masters of suffering and inflicting pain upon the earth. And there's going to be no other judgments. Remember, these judgments are parallel. So it's not like all these judgments happen at once. It goes from judgment to judgment to judgment. Well, for five months, judgments are going to stop. And just these locusts, again, a lot of you I know are maybe mid-trib or post-trib. And I'm praise the Lord that I believe in the pre-trib because I will not be here while these locusts are torturing the inhabitants of the earth. But understand that these locusts for five months all is going to be is torture throughout the earth and they're not going to be able to kill people. Now, how many of you would agree? We all know that torture is far worse than death. I would rather, anyone in the chat would rather die than be tortured. And this is what they're going to do. The Bible says they will torture the inhabitants of the earth for five months. Now, again, scorpion stings are not fatal. They're just incredibly painful and they attack the venom that scorpions release attacks the central nervous system and it lasts about two to three days. So you're in pain for about two to three days. In this case, there's going to be pain on the earth for actually five months of torture and pain that these scorpions are going to inflict. Now, you might say this is bad, but I want you to see what the next verse is going to say because this verse makes it, makes it even worse. Verse 6. In those days, listen to this chat. I know I get chills talking about this. Listen to this. In those days, men are going to seek death, 
but will not be able to find it. Men will desire to die, but death is going to flee from them. So I want you to think about what the text is saying and what days during, man, I have chills talking about this during the five months of the tribulation period where the locusts are torturing the earth. People are going to be in so much pain. They're going to want to die. They're going to look to die, look for death, but they're not going to be able to die. Their nerve nervous system will become infected. Parts of their body is going to hurt and swell and body parts are going to fail to function after five months of torture. Some are going to have seizures, they're going to convulse. Others are going to lose consciousness. Many are going to take medicine to try to find a cure. Be, but And because of the torture, people are going to attempt suicide, but God is not going to let anyone die. Death will not be found. You will be unable, listen to me, chap. You will be unable to commit suicide during these five months because all these people that are being tortured are still going to have a chance to call to Jesus to save their souls. And I want you to imagine this, unable to die, unable to escape the terror of death because the Bible says for five months, during this time, the five months, they will be unable to die, although they will look and desire to die. This will be their desire. What is my desire? My desire is just let me die, please. They're not gonna be able to desire that. God says, you will not escape the judgment. You will not escape the wrath. Now, here's another thing I wanna break down and get you to understand. These demonic locusts are under God's control, but they are demonic in nature. So remember who releases them. Satan releases them from the bottomless pit. They ascend from the bottomless pit, which to me means that they're, they're existing right now in the bottomless pit. They come out of the bottomless pit, these are Satan's creatures, I guess you could say, doing what they probably think is Satan's work, but still under God's control. Someone said literally zombies, literally zombies. These are under God's control and they're going to torment the earth under God's control. And God says, you're not allowed to kill. Don't go after the green, the nature, which is what locusts eat, but your food source is going to be people. And for five months, no one will die. It will only be pure torture throughout the earth. Again, unspeakable. And this is why it reminds me that Jesus said, this will be the worst time in human history that no time has ever been or no time is ever going to be. And in every single waking moment, those that have not taken the mark will still be able to call upon the Lord. They'll still be able to call upon God and be saved. And many will still be stubborn. And we're gonna show you here that they're going to be. Chapter nine, verses seven through 10. The shape of the locust. So now we're going to learn about these locusts more. The shape of the locust was like horses prepared for battle. So he's, remember, John is saying like. So note, I want you to notice the language. John is saying like. On their heads were crowns of something like gold, and their faces were like the faces of men. They had hair like woman's hair. So it's speaking of like long hair. And their teeth looked like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like the breast, breastplates of iron and the sound of their wings. And this is the, to me the most creepy thing. The sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots with many horses running into battle. They had tails like scorpions and they, and they were stings and they had stings in their tails. Their power was, here was their power to hurt men for five months. So how would you describe locusts? I'm sure you're not going to say their body's like a horse, their hair's like a woman, their eyes are like a man. But this is what John is seeing, and the word like appears eight times in these verses. So obviously John is using symbolic language to describe what these demon-possessed creatures look like. Again, not creatures like locusts, but John is describing they came out like locusts. Now, when he's also talking about locusts, also remember John is talking about a mass amount of things. So if you go on YouTube later tonight and type in locusts, like attacking farms, it's locusts get so bad they darken the sky because there's so many of them. What John is saying, again, I know it's just getting more terrifying and more terrifying. What John is saying is they're going to be so numerous. There's going to be so many of these soldiers and these creatures. It's going to be like them flying everywhere. Like no one can escape them. They're flying everywhere like locusts, flying out of the bottomless pit and torturing people. And it's just going to be an absolute horrific, horrific scene and horrific event. And they're going to, for five months, torture the earth. Um, this is what John is seeing. They will have bodies shaped like a horse prepared for battle, something similar to a crown of gold on their heads. Their faces, the Bible says, are going to resemble a human. Their manes are going to be long like women's hair, and their teeth are going to be small and sharp like lion's teeth, and they're going to have tails that look like scorpion tails, and their wings are going to sound like an army of chariots. Now, think about how annoying a bee is. Think about how annoying a mosquito is, but imagine the terrifying sound of these creatures. They're wings, so they're flying, which is like, imagine if spiders could fly, how terrifying that is. These things fly, which makes them even more terrifying, but when they flap their wings, 
Their wings sound like army of chariots. I know we just lost people because I know it is terrifying, but their wings sound like the Bible. This is all in the Bible. The wings sound like armies of chariots. And guys, I know this makes the hair stand up on my arm. Probably you, you do too, but this is no joke. These are real events that are happening in the Bible against humanity, against those that reject God. Remember, these are people that have rejected God. These are people that have mocked God. These are people that are worshiping a beast system. And this judgment is now breaking out upon these people, breaking out on the earth. And the flap of their wings sounds like chariots. Go on YouTube later and type in chariots, the sound of chariots. Go on YouTube later and type in locusts. And you're going to start visualizing, get a scene for how actually terrifying the tribulation period is. Verse 11. And they had as, here's where it gets even more interesting. And they had, this is verse 11. And they had as a king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit. So now we know there's an angel that's over the bottomless pit, a king, the Bible says, who name in Hebrew is Abaddon and in Greek is Apollon. So that, that's the name, Abaddon and Apollon or Polyon. Everyone names it, everyone pronounces it different, but Apollon and Abaddon is the name. So Hebrew name and Greek name, he's the king of the bottomless pit. He's an angel, demonic spirit, a fallen angel of the bottomless pit, has a Hebrew name and then also a Greek name. So these army of demonic locusts are going to be under the control of an angelic demonic king. Some say it's going to be Satan, but it seems more likely that it's one of Satan's assistants. So it would probably say if it was Satan, it does it. It gives it a different name. Satan will all will not be one of the demons confined in the abyss. He's the fallen star who opens the pit. And this angelic king and ungodly army comes out. And this king is the one that's going to rule. So they're going to actually have a ruler on the earth. And this is going to be one of Satan's top soldiers. His Hebrew name, Abaddon, means destruction. And his Greek name means destroyer. So think about this. Destroyer and destruction. That's the Hebrew name. And that's, I'm sorry, that's the Greek name and that's the Hebrew name describing. So this is all out terror, all out destruction. This is an incredibly powerful angel, fall, should I say fallen angel, incredibly powerful demon who's going to actually rule this army. Now, since his name is given in both Greek and Hebrew, it probably means, this is what scholars believe, I'm just giving you a Bible commentary here. It probably means that he's able to attack both Jew and Gentile alike. His name, be, his name given twice gives us a double warning of his destructive powers. So this is Abaddon or Apollon. This is the one that is the king of the bottomless pit who has control over these um, demonic locusts. Verse 12, one woe is past. Okay, guys, let's just stop here. Verse 12, one woe is past. Behold, still two more are coming after these things. After all of this, these demonic locusts are flying around like chariots for five months torturing people are trying to die no one will die and this king comes out of the pit and is ruling over these demonic locusts and this is what verse 12 says think about how crazy this is one woe is past behold two more are coming it, it just gets worse and this is why we need to make sure that we preach to our friends and family and we need to be aware of this and reality is this you're like why are you preaching this because it's in the bible and the bible promises a blessing for those that read this and preach this and most of you are not going to get this on your Sunday morning church because the pastor's too afraid of scaring you out of the church. Verse 12, one woe is past, but two more are coming. Further proof that revelation is sequence oriented. It's not overlapping. These are in sequences. So these are a timeline of events during the seven year tribulation period. Verse 13, then the sixth angel sounded and I heard a voice from the four horns of the golden altar, which is before the throne of God. Now, this is the altar we talked about in chapter eight. It's where the angel mixes the incense when the prayers of the tribulation saints are mixed together and they're kindled. And these are these rise and the wrath of God is poured out. The sixth angel stands up and sounds his trumpet and a voice will be heard coming from the horns of the altar, which will speak for the martyred saints. So now this voice is gonna be heard. And this all goes back to the way the altar was built. Verse 14, saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet. So this voice is saying to the sixth angel who had the trumpet, release the four angels who are bound at the great river Euphrates. So the Euphrates river first appears in Genesis. Now there's four angels who are bound at the great Euphrates river right now. And this voice is telling the angel who has the trumpet, release these four angels that are bound right now. Now, the, again, the, the Euphrates rivers first appears in Genesis. It was close to the garden of Eden where Adam and Eve sinned. It was where Cain murdered Abel. It's where the flood began. It's where the tower of Babel stood. It's where Babylon was built. And it's where the world government and world religion began. So Euphrates river has a lot of antichrist, demonic, rebellion, disobedience. And right now, right now, as I speak, 
there's four angels that are bound at the Euphrates River. I don't know how that works. Is it spiritual? Is there, are they somewhere? Are they under the ground? I don't know. But now the angel's telling them to release the four angels who are bound at the Great Euphrates River. And these four angels, these are not good angels. These are demonic angels that are going to wreak havoc on the earth. The Euphrates River has also been long associated with astrology, idolatry, demon worship, witchcraft, and other things. And demo- uh, this was also a demonic place where several battles in America's war on terrorism, scholars say. Islamic militants committed gruesome murders, beheaded people, and tortured people by the Euphrates River. Some victims, I won't even go into this because it's very graphic, but there's a lot of victims that were found by the Euphrates River. And the fact that they're bound at, um, indicates that there are four more fallen angels that are going to be released and they're going to be released from the Euphrates River. Verse 15. So the four angels who had been prepared for the hour and the day and the month and the year were released to kill one third of mankind. So here we are, four angels bound at the great Euphrates River are now released. Verse 15, chapter 9, verse 15. They are released to kill. Here's here's your job description for angels that are released to the Euphrates River. Some of the most wicked fallen angels in existence your job is to kill one-third of all of mankind the bloodshed think about the unmeasurable bloodshed there these are going to be restrained and the precise month the precise day and the precise year of god's choosing god is going to release them at the exact time period and they're going to be released upon the citizens of the earth and they're going to be killing one-third of the earth when the rapture occurs the earth is going to lose obviously millions of people when the fourth seal is open one-fourth of those who remain on the earth and about one one and one half of a billion people so about a billion and a billion and a half are going to die remember the fourth seal about a billion to a billion and a half people die when these four angels are released the earth is going to lose another one-third of what's left and this is why jesus said in matthew 24 22 unless those days were shortened no flesh would be saved so this tribulation time period if god doesn't shorten the time period then no one's going to survive this. It'll be destruction of the entire earth. But remember, God promised to never destroy completely the earth again, which is why the emerald rainbow is over his throne. It's a promise to all the church in heaven that he's not going to destroy the entire earth in the tribulation. But these four angels are going to kill one third of all the people on the earth. And this will be the most rapid loss of life the earth has ever seen. Verse 16. Now the number of the army of the horsemen was 200 million. I heard the numbers of them. So now we're going to see an army is it a literal army is it a future army is it a demonic army we're not fully sure but we know that john said there's two think about this chap 200 million people in this army now and john says i heard the number of them and the leaders of this army are going to be seduced by the four angels and released from the euphrates river and god will allow these evil angels to convince the army's leaders to go on a rampage and kill one-third of mankind however not without god's permission and john said i heard the number so it's like john didn't count them john heard the number and john is giving the number Verse 17, and thus I saw the horses in the vision. What horses? The 200 million. In the vision, those who sat on them had breastplates of fiery red, hyacinth blue, and sulfur yellow. And the heads of the horses were like the heads of lions, and out of their mouths came fire, smoke, and brimstone. Brimstone. So you have, you go from five months of torture in the locusts, now you have a 200 million army on horseback, heads look like lion, out of their mouth is coming fire, smoke, and brimstone, and they're going to kill one fourth of the i'm sorry one third of the inhabitants of the earth and they're going to kill over a billion people the great force are going to have 200 million mountain troops the troops and their horses possibly some might some think could be machines are going to have fire red breastplates and they're going to resemble the heads of lions and again out of their mouth is going to come possibly missiles projectiles explosions flamethrower we don't know what it will be we just know this is what john is seeing some people say these can be helicopters these can be tanks these can be uh advanced weapon robots we don't know but this is going to be a massive army that's going to kill many people on the earth it's going to be absolutely terrifying verse 18 by these three plagues a third of mankind was killed so that's one third by the plagues again the fire the brimstone by the fire and the smoke and the brimstone which came out of their mouths so the fire the brimstone and the smoke that's coming out of their mouth is going to kill this is what's going to actually kill people one third of all of mankind is going to be killed now in the midst of all this the antichrist is whose promised peace whose promised safety is going to be in the midst of this as a ruler while all of this is is all of this is breaking out but remember god is still in control verses 19 
And it's going to talk about these, uh, these creatures that are going to kill one third of everybody in the earth. For their power, verse 19, for their power is in their mouth and in their tails. For their tails are like serpents having heads and with them they do harm. So they're actually going to have tails that are like snakes and out of that snake tail, again, remember the locusts have tails like scorpions. These are going to have tails like snakes and out of the heads coming out of the snakes. So think of like a Medusa type figure is going to be doing harm. Now, we don't know what these are. It could be anyone's guest. Again, some people think they're tanks, helicopters, future. We just know they're not human, okay? Um, or they might be human because they all call, call the army horsemen. Everyone has their own debates. But again, I don't believe these are human. I believe these are actually supernatural demonic powers, demonic spirits that the angel releases. But some people do debate because they're called an army of horsemen that they could be men. Some people debate they could be demonic spirits. Some people debate they could be some type of AI. I don't know if you guys know, but they're creating AI robots, soldiers right now. A, um, intellectual artificial intelligence they could be an army of, of artificial intelligence we don't know but we know there's going to be 200 million of them that are released on the earth to kill verses uh, chapter 9 verse 20 but the rest of mankind we're almost done here i know we're over an hour here but the rest of mankind who are not killed by these plagues listen to this okay i want you guys to hear this clearly but the rest of mankind verse 20 who were not killed by these plagues that's, that means that after one-third's killed the two-third that weren't did not repent of the work of their hands that they should not worship demons and idols of gold, silver, brass, stone, and wood, which can neither see nor walk. So here's what the Bible's saying. Of all the people dying, the torment, the torture, the bloodshed, still the rest of mankind did not repent. They're still, the Bible says, worshiping demons. They're still idols, worshiping idols of gold. They're still worshiping bronze and wood which can neither see nor walk so these people on the earth guys look at the stubbornness how demonic is pride and arrogance in the stubbornness these people are still going to persist in their sin they're still going to refuse to repent and they're going to continue to reject jesus and that's what i'm thinking like i look at people at the altar or at church services we preach the word of god and the power of god shows up the anointing shows up and they reject god and i'm going like how could they be so stubborn but then i realized the depth of stubbornness in man's heart is these people are going to see all of this and they're still not going to repent they're going to continue to reject jesus and they're going to continue to sin so two of the six sins that will be prominent during the tribulation period are demon worship and idolatry goddess worship and witchcraft will become common think about this when all of this is happening the bible says they will not turn from worshiping demons so they're going to begin to worship demons i believe they're going to worship the locusts and i don't know if the locusts are going to start some type of cult or what but i do believe according to this verse they're going to worship the demonic locusts i believe they're going to worship the 200 million army they're going to worship demonic spirits why would they worship why would they perform witchcraft because they're looking for a way to save themselves from the wrath of God. Remember, previously they called out to the mountain saying, follow on us. Who can escape the wrath of the lamb and his great day of wrath has come? So now they're trying to fight the wrath of the lamb of God. They're trying to fight the wrath of the lamb. So they're going to go to demons. They're going to go to witchcraft. They're going to go to sorcery and they're going to go to statues and false gods. And they're going to cry to these false gods and they're going to say, deliver us from the wrath of the lamb deliver us instead of going to christ in the midst of adversity they say i'm going to go to these idols i'm going to go to witchcraft so witchcraft and demon worship is going to be infinitely more popular than it is now and they're going to worship images of the antichrist images of the antichrist will be common there will be also statues of the false prophet that will be worshiped and people will bow before them and this is what happens to the nations that forget god they begin to worship demonic spirits revelation 9 21 it says and they did not repent of their murders or their sorceries or their sexual immorality or their thefts so now we have four more sins the two sins we talked about demon worship and witchcraft four more sins john tells us the sins are going to be of murder so now not only are we going to have the army murdering people and people killing each other but now we're going to have people murdering people sorcery sexual immorality is going to be what we've never seen before and now there's going to be theft there's going to be theft breaking out and these these unbelievers are determined to keep breaking the laws of god and keep going against the plan of god and the strategies of god and they're going to keep in the rebellion and going 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 okay let's go to chapter wrap up of chapter nine and we're hitting an hour and 12 minutes an hour exactly so this is perfect timing 
if it flew by in five minutes type one because i feel like i just started and i could go like five more chapters we go we're going to wrap this up when the fifth trumpet sounded satan is going to be given keys to the bottomless pit the sun and the sky will be darkened from the smoke pouring out of the pit that's revelation 9 1 through 2 demon possessed locusts are going to come out of the bottomless pit to torment mankind for five months the pain from the locusts will be so bad so bad men will seek death and god will not let them find what they're seeking that's chapters 9 verses 3 through 6 after the sixth trumpet is sounded, the four angels that have been bound at the Euphrates River will be released to kill one third of mankind. That's Revelations 9, 13 through 15. An army of 200 million mounted troops will kill a third of mankind through the plagues of fire, smoke, and sulfur that's going to come out of their horse's mouth. That's Revelation 9, 16 through 19. And then lastly, Revelation 9, 20 through 21. Those who are not killed by these plagues will still refuse to repent of their sin. And instead, they're going to cling to their demon worship and their idol worship. They're going to go to theft. They're going to go to sexual immorality. And they're going to go to sorcery. And they're going to resort to murder to try to escape from the wrath of the Lamb. Guys, again, this is absolutely terrifying. I think we might even go longer next week. Maybe we'll go an hour and a half just to get through more. But this is what's going to be happening in the tribulation. Let me pray for you guys. Let's pray that the Lord would seal this word, that the Lord would empower us. Remember, the Bible says there's a blessing for those that teach the book of Revelation and those that read the Revelation. So I want the blessing that comes with teaching and that comes with understanding. And I, I hope you're learning a lot. Type 1 if you are learning a lot because I'm learning so much from the book of Revelation and I'm getting a full picture of the end time events and it's helping me to live a sober life it's helping me to live an intense life for god and to realize that our days here are limited and i just thank god that i'm going to be in heaven and not going to have to be on the earth if you're not pre-trib um we can still be brothers we can still be friends not a salvation issue but i would challenge you to go watch my video on reasons why I am pre-tribulation rapture. Father, we ask you tonight that you would seal this word in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we ask that you would release your power over your people. We ask that tonight, God, you would release breakthrough over your people. And Father, I pray that God, we would be found, come on chat, just pray right now, that we would be found ready on the day of the Lord. Lord, that when you rapture your church like a thief in the night, Father, I pray that I would not be found sleeping. Lord, let me be one of those that are ready. Let me be one of those that are bold for you, God. Let me be one of those that are prepared for you, God. Lord, I don't want to be unprepared in the day of judgment. I don't want to be unprepared. Lord, I don't want to be left behind in the rapture. Father, I pray that I would have eyes to see. I would have ears to hear. And I pray for the whole chat, God, that you would break the stubbornness off of us. I pray, Lord, that you would break the idolatry off of us. I pray for those that are in the chat right now that are lost. I pray, Lord, that they would turn to you. I know some of you are typing saying, I'm lost. I, I see someone right now just said I'm a lost soul right now I'm speaking to you right now is your time to turn to God it's your time Acts 2 38 to repent say Lord I'm wrong you're right I believe in you I believe that you died on the cross for my sin and right now turn to God right now turn from your sin turn from your compromise and seek after God right now ask the Lord to change you the Lord changed me I was an atheist and the Lord changed me the Lord delivered me father right now I pray that you would release salvation power I pray Lord that you'd release new new anointing I pray new fire I pray Holy Spirit do what only you can do Holy Ghost fill them with the Holy Spirit tonight in Jesus name I pray over every unbeliever everyone that's not that's not received salvation Lord today let this be the day that they're born again let September 27th be the day that they were born again and their name was written in the Lamb's book of life. Father, those that are struggling, I hear the Lord saying right now, those of you that are struggling, God is going to pour out strength. God is going to pour out strength. Listen to me right now, child. I'm talking to you. I know you're sitting in your living room. I know you're sitting in your car. I know you're doing. You're at work right now and you're, you have this in the AirPods. I'm talking to you right now. The Lord is saying for me to tell you, do not get weary. Do not give up. You will not go back. You will not break down. You will not get weary. But tonight, God is releasing breakthrough over you. God is releasing strength over you. God is releasing a fresh anointing. He's taking your mourning and he's releasing joy in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, I pray right now, release power. I pray release strength. I pray God release a fresh anointing. I pray power of the Holy Ghost, fire of the Holy Ghost released in Jesus name, God. I just command every demonic spirit to go, come up and out in Jesus name. You've lost this battle, Satan. You've lost this battle up and out in Jesus name. We come against you now in Jesus name. We come against you now in Jesus' name. The Lord rebukes you, Satan. We come against you now. Holy Spirit, I pray have your way right now. Touch your people, God. Heal your people. I pray, Lord, the prodigals would come home. Those that have a prodigal son, a prodigal daughter, I pray, Lord, that the prodigals would come home in Jesus' name.
right now. We believe for our family to be saved. We believe for revival in our churches. We believe for revival in our marriages. Let us never get so distracted by life, God. Let us never get so distracted by status quo. But God, I pray right now, release your anointing. Release your fire, God. Have your way. Do what only you can do. Power of God. Fire of God. Anointing of the Holy Spirit. Be released in Jesus' name. Anointing of the Holy Spirit. Be released in Jesus' name. God, do what only you can do tonight. We need your fire, Lord. We need your touch, God. We need your power, God. Release a fresh fire. Release a fresh anointing, God. Release healing right now. We come against every spirit of distraction. We come against every demon of confusion. We come against every demon of jealousy, every demon of envy, every spirit of infirmity. Out in Jesus' name. Out in Jesus' name. You have no power. You've lost this battle. Father, release your anointing over your people. Satan, you are bound. Come out of these people now. Come out of these people now. Sickness, you must go. Father, I pray that your healing power would be released in Jesus' name. I pray the healing power of Almighty God would be released in Jesus' name. Right now, Holy Spirit, purge everything out of the chat. Everyone in the chat right now, I pray, Lord, that you would touch them and purge everything that's not of you out. And Lord, I pray for me right here in front of 3,000 people. Lord, anything in me that is not of you, purge it out right now, Father. Holy Ghost, do a new thing in me. Holy Ghost, pour out a new fire in me. Holy Ghost, deliver me of any iniquity, God. Deliver me of any demonic spirit, Father. I pray that, God, I would be the first one to be on the altar. I would be the first one to humble myself. I would be the first one to say, I need you tonight, Lord. Have your way, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for Corey and Ryan and Joanne and John and Diligent and Evelyn and Mary and Angel and Angie and Mary and Yvonne. God, release your anointing over every person in the chat, over every person watching, God. Every person a part of this ministry, God, purge us, God. Take us to the next level. The Lord is saying it's time to level up in the spirit. It's time to go to the next level. That There's more. There's deeper. Get out of the shallow end. Get out of ankle deep. Get out of knee deep. Get out of waist deep. It's time to get in the river. It's time to go all in in Jesus' name. Stop being conservative in Jesus' name. Stop being in the kiddie pool. Stop being on the fringes. Go deep with God in Jesus' mighty name. Holy Ghost, have your way. We want to go deep with you, Jesus. We want to go deep with you tonight. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Have your way. Have your way. Type one tonight, guys, if you were blessed, if this, if this message blessed you, if you're liking this book of Revelation. Again, I'm learning so much as I teach you guys. Obviously, I have to learn it first. Obviously, God has to speak to me first. Obviously, I have to study commentaries and scholars and make sure it's all historically accurate before I bring you guys the word. But go ahead and type one if you're enjoying it. If you want to sew into the broadcast tonight, you can. It's not mandatory. The content is free. If you're a grouchy giver, do not feel obligated to give. This is for those of you that want to enable us to keep going. If you're in the chat right now, 2300, make sure you also like the video. If you're in the chat, make sure you like the video. Only 1600 likes tonight and 2300 people. So please, if you can't afford to give, like the video. If you can afford to give, don't dine in dash. If you are blessed tonight, what we're going to do now is people are going to begin to give those that feel led to give. Again, it's not required. Um, you can give right there on my website, IsaiahSaldivar.com slash partner. Venmo is at IsaiahSaldivar. PayPal is paypal.me slash IsaiahSaldivar. Everything's linked in the description and linked right there in the comments. If you click the comments, PayPal, that will actually pop up on screen and I'll go ahead and read all those. If you have a prayer request, I'll go ahead and read it there. I won't read it out loud, but I'll read it there and we can get through all. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content and please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.